Today's scripture reading is taken from John chapter 8, verse 12 to 20. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I come from and where I am going, but you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me in your own law it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true i am one who testifies for myself my other witness is my father who sent me then they asked him where is your father you do not know me or my father jesus replied if you knew me you would know my father also he spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put Yet no one seized him, because his hour had not yet come. Here ends the reading of John chapter 8, verse 12 to 20. Well, here we are, the beginning of the month of September, the first uh, Sunday in this fall season, so we trust that um, as we are getting organized, as families are getting organized with school, lots of different things going on. Well, here we are again, virtual service at Weston, and uh, we pray and trust that this will be a blessing um, and something that will be able to quicken your faith as we begin this month. Last week, we began a series entitled, Who is Jesus?, and we looked at the water festival in the temple associated with the festival of booths and where Jesus says, let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. It's an amazing statement. Well, today we carry on in this series and we consider the text where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And again, this text is associated with that same festival of booths or Tabernacles, or Sukkot, those are all names for it. But the story of what Jesus is saying here, I am the light of the world, uh, is very much related to this festival. So we need to just pause for a moment and to consider that again, so we get the point of what Christ is saying. So as we saw last week, there uh, was a water festival that happened every day of this week-long festival. Uh, the priest would go to the Pool of Siloam, take water and come back and then pour that water over the altar. Well, there was another part of the festival and it was the lighting ceremony. And every night there were four massive torches that were continually fueled throughout the night and they were spread around uh, the temple area, the court of the women. And this, these lights would burn all night and they were huge lights. And indeed, uh, there are records saying that all over the city of Jerusalem, uh, the lights could be seen, the radiance of the lights. 
So that is happening every night, and for the people of the day, it was a reminder of the Exodus experience, the people uh, in the desert, and of the pillar of fire that led the people by night, cloud during the day, pillar of fire at night, and this was a, rem uh, a reminder of the, just that incredible time. So it was a week-long festival of booths, a happy time, a joyful season, season where there's this water celebration and also where there's this light celebration. So that is what is going on when Jesus then on the last day, the great day, gets up and says these words, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He makes that statement. The end, the great day, the final day, the big bang, this is what Jesus says. And so he says, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. So we need to pause and just think through what, what's the context for that. And we know that there are many Old Testament precedents for this. I'll just, I'll just read a few. Where God is portrayed as light. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light. And then Psalm 36, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. So lots of references to God as light. That makes sense. We come to a text that is used in the nativity stories of Jesus from Isaiah 9. Listen to this one. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. So here, a story of the Messiah coming, the birth of the Messiah, talking about Galilee, where Jesus is from, and referencing that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. All background for what Jesus is going to do. Then, of course, in the Gospel of John, we have these references in chapter 1. In him, that is, Jesus was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And then again, the true light which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. So we have all these references going all the way back to the Old Testament, to the time of Jesus, and then to the generation after Jesus when the Gospels are being written, these references that Jesus is indeed the light. So I am the light of the world. Second of the I am statements from the Gospel of John. First one we saw a couple of weeks ago where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Well, now he says, I am the light of the world. I am, I am in terms of the scriptures is a reference that God speaks of himself that way. The Father speaks of himself as I am. I am who I am. And then Jesus picks up the very same phrase, which the Jewish community definitely would know and would realize when he uses these uh, images for himself. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. So the point here that Jesus is making is that he connects himself with the Father. That he connects himself with the glory of God, the kabod of God, the, the great manifestation of light. Just imagine the people going through the desert, 40 years in the wilderness, and a pillar of fire leads them. An amazing light. 
And so Jesus then says that I am that light. So if you connect with me, if you connect with my instruction and my teaching, you will receive light. You will know light because God is light. I am from God, therefore I am light. Big, big, big statements. In fact, they're so big that C.S. Lewis writes in Mere Christianity that if, if, if this type of statement was made generally in the public, if some politician said that, we would think the person was crazy. How can they say, I am the light of the world? I am the light of the world. We would think that that's an ego that is just beyond belief. Who could say that? And Lewis makes the point in this very strong uh, writing that he has, Mere Christianity, that if Jesus is not whom he is, then we have to think that he's somewhat deranged, that no regular teacher is going to make such statements. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And so Lewis says we need to pause, we need to think and receive this big statement as it is, and then reflect on what that means for us. He's not just saying he's a good teacher, or he's a scribe among scribes, a rabbi among other rabbis, but that he is indeed God's light, that we see God most as we look at Jesus Christ. As we see him, we see the best manifestation of who God is. I am the light of the world. So that's a big statement. We need to hear it, reflect on that. What does that mean for you and for me that Jesus is the light of the world? Is that a comforting statement? Does that help us? Does that scare us? Do we just not believe it? We dismiss it? What do we do with these big statements of Jesus? I am the light of the world. So that's where Jesus begins. He wants the people to receive what's going on, that God has manifested himself in Christ in a special, in a unique way, and he wants people to know that because he has come from the Father, he's going to return to the Father, and this is God's moment, if you like, his story, breaking into our history, that this is who God is, what he means for us, what he stands for, the values of Jesus become the values of the Father. So Jesus is the light of the world. Secondly, Jesus invites us into his light. Hear the statement as it ends, the second part of that. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says, first of all, I am the light of the world. And then he says, whoever follows me will have the light of life. So that's also a big statement. So we are invited then to follow Jesus. Jesus is making this declaration to reveal who he is to the people and wants them to follow. He wants them to open up their lives. If you like, Jesus is prepared to come into our lives, to abide in us, to make his home in us. But he comes in, if you like, as an embryo. He comes in just as a seed, the seed of faith. Jesus comes into your life, into my life, in this embryonic fashion, just in this little way, and then we have to say yes to him in an ongoing way. It's a process of conversion, as we've said, that Greek word metanoia, to give my life over to God, 
to enable, to allow God to grow in me through his son. Jesus growing in me, the spirit growing in me, growing in you. We're invited to link our lives with Christ. So how do we do that? Well, we do it by choices. We make choices of light instead of choices of darkness. We yield ourselves to him. We say yes to Christ. We say yes to the Spirit, not resisting, not saying no. We know in our own day-to-day -day that every day we make choices, and some of them are for light and some of them are for darkness. Some of them are saying yes to God and some of them are saying yes to ourselves. So we are called to make those choices each day, each day go to him and choose light. That's not always easy. And we can get lost in ourselves and our own desires and our own ego and make lots of choices where we are saying, not your kingdom come, but my kingdom come. So to make choices of light. And as we do so, Jesus says, very strong ending, that we will have the light of life. Light is phos, life is zoe. We will have the phos of zoe. We will have the light of life, Jesus says. And if we know his life, then we know eternal life. We know and share in his life. We share in the resurrected life of Jesus. So it's a big statement. I am the light of the world, and if you come and know me, you will also share in that light of life. You will know my presence and you will know the Father's presence as we say yes. So it's a very powerful statement and we need to receive it. How do we receive it? Last week we talked about the importance of faith. Faith is a gift. Faith is my opening up my heart, you opening up your heart and saying yes, trust. Even though we don't get it, we don't understand everything, we say yes. That's the gift of faith. And as we do so, we experience the light of life. So this is the great invitation of Jesus. One of the weeks coming up, we're going to look at John 11, where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am, another I am statement. I am the resurrection, and my resurrection power will be in you and will enable you to have life. And so many of us, all of us at some level, you know, we, we struggle with health issues. You've got your issues, I have my issues. And we know, as Paul says, our body of humiliation, that's one that goes right to the juggler, our body of humiliation, 2 Corinthians. Our body, after a while, our DNA, our cell structure just doesn't keep reproducing the way it should. But Jesus says you will have the light of life, that there's life beyond that, Reality, that's the gift for you and for me, so we know that death is not the last word, as Paul declares quite vigorously. So in light of that, then we become a light to others. So Jesus is the light. He comes into us and gives us light and life, and then we are called to become that light to others. So interesting, a light casts a shadow. When we were out in Tofino, we brought a little telescope and you could go out on the beach and at night, particularly when the moon was in a crescent shape, when it was just small, the sunlight 
comes across and hits the craters so that the craters cast a big light. And when you're looking at that moon through the telescope, you could see the shadows of the craters on the tierra, the land of the moon. It's sunlight coming across the moon on an angle, hits the, the craters and casts a big shadow. So light produces a shadow. And Jesus is a light. And when he comes into us, if you like, we become that shadow. We are a shadow of Christ. We reflect and are part of that image. So we become a shadow of Jesus. We become a presence of Jesus to others. So you and your family, you and your neighborhood, you with people who live in your building, whatever that might be, you become a presence of Jesus. You are that shadow. So if you like, we become partners. We are part of the work of God, of Jesus. We enter into his story for our world. We are part of his disciples. We are followers of Christ. We keep the light of Jesus shining. So you and I are given that great task and that great work here in Weston, you and your job, wherever that might be. Through our words, through our action, we become a shadow, meaning we become the presence of Jesus. So Jesus is the light. We experience that light in ourselves as we say yes to him. And then thirdly, we bring that light to others, just in how we live in our day to day. No, no, we don't have to do any big deal. But as we say yes to Jesus, Jesus is seen in us. And it gives a chance for other people to see something different and also to reflect on this reality that I am the light of the world. So I like this quote by Catherine Doherty. She uh, actually ran a hermitage just north of up in the Muskokus, up around the Pembroke area, and did a lot of writing on spiritual things. And she says this, the world is cold. Someone must be on fire so that people can come and put their cold hands and feet against that fire. If anyone allows this to happen, but especially the Pustinik, Pustinik is a Russian uh, word for someone devoted to God, especially the Pustinik, then he or she will become a fireplace at which men and women can warm themselves. His rays will go out to the ends of the earth. So you and I are invited to become a fire we are invited to become someone that other people can come and feel a little heat, feel a little compassion, feel a little love, open up some space in their hearts and in their minds that they might look to God, and give faith a chance to hear God's voice. That is what Jesus is offering. He was the great light. He was the great fire. We are the shadow. We are little but we still have a job to do and an invitation to serve him. So may we be part of giving a cold world a little bit of heat, and through that process may they see that Jesus is indeed the light of the world. And I pray these things and offer these words in Jesus' name. Amen.